What's going on gamers? My name is Chris and welcome to another episode of Horton Brothers Grimm, a video game podcast. Today joining me is my brothers Scott and Zach. What's going on gentlemen? Hi, I'm Scott. Uh, and I forgot my name. He must be the April, April Fool's. <laughs> He's the April Fool. And yes, we are recording this on April Fool's Day. And you're the April Fool's for listening to this. I mean, I'm just kidding. You guys are cool. No, we love you. You guys are the best. <laughs> April Fool's. Ha uh, Yeah, see how I did that? The the 25 of you who listen to us consistently, you're awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Spread the word. Spread the word. <coughs> Literally dying here. But yeah, so we're here. We're back again. And we're excited. I think this is episode five of season two. Yes. And, <coughs> and I'm still coughing. So be, this is our 20th episode, guys. 20th is nice. It is. We'll keep on doing these things. I love it. Moving up in the world. <coughs> Jesus Christ, stop. <coughs> oh my God. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to let Zach get it out. <laughs> Cough it up, son. You'll uh, be all right. Yeah. I figure and if I speak some gibberish, it'll, it'll come out. <laughs> I think that's what it is. The Holy Spirit's coming out of him right now, and he's I don't, speaking in I don't tongues. The, I don't think the Holy Spirit makes you feel like this. <coughs> it might. You never know. It's it might water. be your first experience with any kind of Holy Spirit. My lungs are filling up with the water I just drank, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. while Zach is dealing with his pneumonia, we will continue <laughs> to talk about this podcast. How do you know it's not old pneumonia? Because it's not new. No, no drums. Very new. But don't shh. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw in some drums wow. for you there. Um, wow. <laughs> some provides guys remember, some quid pro yeah. Please go check us out if you're listening to us on iTunes. Leave us a comment and leave a five-star review. We would love to hear from you. And you can also hit us up on our social media, which is Horton Grimm at, at Twitter. Horton Grimm. Or at Horton Graham's Twitter. And soon to come, we're going to have Instagram for oh. Horton's Brothers Graham. Oh, my. So. Oh, getting up, moving up in the world, eh? Insta-ham. Oh, yeah, I like ham. We're going to start promoting. If you're listening to us on Horton Brothers Graham Instagram, please comment and let us know what's up because we appreciate you checking us out. So today we're going to talk about three games. A retro game, a current day game, and a future game. Retro game is a game that is very difficult and it's really a pretty cool little game. I love it. And it's the, called Sinking lot, lot City. What? No. No. <laughs> no. Going to the future now. Say that's the future game. Oh, Wrath of the Black Banner. Wrath of the Black Banner. For the future, right? For the Nintendo. It's for the current day game. Yes. Current. <laughs> <laughs> From nineteen eighty nine. Yes. It's, and, We're back in the 80s, guys. And that's where the podcast went off the rails. This is Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's a fantastic movie. It is. It definitely and was. Yes. My favorite. Yeah, Wrath of the Black Man, a cool game. We're going to have fun talking about that. Current day game. Scott, you're playing this one today. It's called uh, Fallout 76, right? Yep. Well, Fallout 76. Well, let's put it this way. We were playing it. For for all of about two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, and all of those two hours, uh, I think five minutes, we actually got into the game. Anyway. 
I don't know. I played it for a while. I liked it, but at the same time, I just didn't have time. And yeah. I lost interest after I quit playing it. Yeah. Um, but we'll still talk about it and see what, if, if we can rekindle that interest. Scott has some cool information about it. And a future game, as we spoke about in the retro topic, was The Sinking City, which was supposed to come out on March 21st. Those. You have the information. It is wrong now. <laughs> you bastards. The information I found is now changed to June 27th, so it is still a future game for us to talk about. And what I thought was funny is you, uh, you two guys, didn't want to, didn't remind, didn't even tell me about this until right before we started recording. <laughs> it's not my fault. Like, you uh, can't read. They're like, do you realize that game coming out March twenty first? I'm like, what, 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 what? That's what list it was on. So I can say. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's like, whoops, no. sorry about your luck, buddy. Yeah, my notes say June twenty seventh, and they're like, no, so they, they weren't going to correct me until we got time to record. <laughs> well, see, so here's the thing: I didn't even look at what notes you posted because I've been so busy. But that's okay too. It is fine. That's what brothers do. They they do things like that. So but it, it would actually, we sh- if we really thought about it, we should have waited and told you when you started to talk about it. Nah. Yeah, that would have been a good April Fool's that. joke. We, 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 or we just, a, just a good prank in general. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the two. It would have been a good argument for our recording, that's for sure. Because oh. <laughs> I would have been like, no. No biscuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's June 27th. I promise. All right, well, let's get to it then, I guess. Let's uh, talk about retro game, Zach. It was a Wrath of Black Mana. very short subject tell us, here. Tell us why you picked this game. Tell us all about it. Well, um, I had two games in mind. The first one would have been Chrono Cross. But okay, very nice. There's a lot of information, and I really want to digest all of that information about that game. The previous game was Chrono Trigger. And how, you know, they differed from each other. But Wrath of the Black Man, of course, we owned this game when we were growing up. You say no one ever beat it in the house. I say I did. You, nobody was there to watch, though. So I guess if no one's seen it, it didn't happen. But that's that's okay. That's right. It did not happen. In <laughs> this game. I, I have proof that I beat it. I have proof that I beat it, too, because I said it. I don't go around YouTube telling video. lies. Damn. But anyway, we know how you beat the game, but we're not going to say <laughs> Game Gene. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, it literally takes four arts to kill uh, El Toro, so whatever. <laughs> anyway, this game, um, Wrath of Black Mana, of course, had another name in Japan. It was called Ninja Cop Saizo, I think that's how you... Uh, yeah, say that, that. Right. And based on the spelling, yeah, that looks right. Oh yeah, I mean the spelling is uh, Japanese. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> Tato, uh, of course, was the uh, publisher of this game, and there was two different versions of this game. We, of course, one in Japan, uh, one for North America. Uh, in Japan, they actually got the game November seventeenth of nineteen eighty nine where we got it April 1990. Now, Europe, on the other hand, got screwed all the way around because they didn't get it till January of 91, which hmm. is really odd that they even released it in Europe because, you know, all the violence and things that Europe doesn't like. You know, they had the Ninja Turtles thing where it's called Hero Turtles or some bullshit. Anyway, yeah. the 
version differences of these games, um, like when it came to be Wrath of Black Mana, they changed the uh, graphics, soundtrack, level designs. Even the first boss was different. I mean, his name was still Tiny. He just looked different. Uh, in the Japanese version, he actually shot projectiles out of his fists at you. Oh, wow. So on top of you having to use the... Um, I I can't remember what it's actually called in the game, but you had to uh, double yourself and jump up and shoot Tiny in the head. Yeah. And he would be shooting shit out of his fist as well. Uh, you know, all he does really is move back and forth, and you got to mm-hmm. stay away from him. That's all he does. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, uh, this is easy guy. Now, the game in Japan had six levels, where in America... It only had five. So they took out a whole level. Of course, changed the way the the, the end boss was. Because in, in the in Japanese version, you had to fight like an alien spaceship and all this other shit. And, and you just fought <laughs> them normally. Uh, you didn't have to use a um, certain ability uh, in, a, in a certain order to actually kill them. Hmm. So it was kind of crazy. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, like in the well, if unless they play the game, you're not going to know this. But there is a level, the Rio de Janeiro stage. The Japanese version actually had a like a creature that was made out of electricity. But when really? they yeah, in the Black Mana version of Ninja Cop Saizo, they changed it to a Voodoo Warrior, which doesn't make any sense. I don't they didn't, they didn't really give any explanation to why they changed it. They just did it. And um I'm guessing they wanted to make it easier for North America. I don't know. Because it went from six stages to five stages. Now, the story of this game, you start out um you know, there's like this story about kidnapped children and all this other stuff. Now, if you go and look into the story further, the black man is a ninja, and it's like his um, student uh, that actually gets kidnapped. He's, uh, um, I guess, just one of the people that he's teaching martial arts to. So he's a sensei, mm-hmm. and one of his kid, you know, one of his uh, children gets kidnapped, and the name of that kid was Taro, I think. And El Toro was the actual person that was kidnapping these kids now through the game you can find these little special doors and different things like that by using certain abilities and you don't really get anything extra for doing it but you save some of the kids from kidnapping. <laughs> but you you don't get anything extra for it so there was really no incentive to go and save these kids you're like fuck it i'll just bypass this whole thing and go on now certain certain rooms you could get like extra health and stuff like that extra health boxes mm-hmm. yeah but that's the only thing that really gave you an incentive to even look for those things well i thought it was the, i think a good incentive for like gamers today is that the kidnapped kids usually say like just like funny shit like uh i just looked up on uh, google like one of them was like hey thanks I thought I was going to die here. <laughs> and he looks like he's putting on a jacket. <laughs> he's like fixing to go, go outside. 
Just normal, casual things. He's like, I'm just still around <laughs> these kidnappers, but I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Black Manta, one of the things he says in the game is, uh, <laughs> like the kids ask him, like, what's happening here? And he goes, it seems to be drug-related. You don't use drugs, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Public service announcement incoming. <laughs> So this game, I think it's famous. It's actually pretty famous for the things that the kids save and the, saving the kidnapped kids. Because like you said, it really has no purpose. It doesn't like help you at the end of the game or anything. It's just it's just funny stuff like that. All right, and they can tell you secret places too. Like one uh, here, it says, if you shoot the wall on the right, you'll find a hidden door. <laughs> yeah, like a uh, kid, you knew where the hidden door was, but you st- you chose to stay here. Yeah, I was like, why are you here? <laughs> go out that door, bro. Damn. At least hide in there. What's crazy when you go through those fucking doors, it'd be a dead end. It'd be like, you go in there, there's like three doors, you go in all three doors, and you still have to come back out the other way. I'm like, why can't I go down a dark alley or something? <laughs> yeah, like it should have advanced you up more further into the level or something. But the game is pretty awesome. Cool. I wish they would have done bad dudes and and this uh, kind of up close like they did wrath of black mana because uh, you had a little yeah. bit more detail um of course most of the time i just threw ninja stars at people and went on with my day uh, but the little ground uh, ability you had the little fireball that goes on the ground was pretty cool too and then of course you had fire rain so yeah. fire rain was pretty much cheating but you know you use it anyway the only thing I remember about this game, I mean, from playing it and watching you play it, was the uh, the ability where, you know, like you were talking about earlier, where you double yourself, you got one, you got the ghost on top of your head or whatever, right. throwing ninja stars and crap. That's the only thing I remember from this game. Well, that was my favorite one to use because I could be walking on the ground level and, of course, right above you there's like a, a fence that apparently ninjas could walk on. And you would just yeah. double yourself, you just keep walking, you just throw your ninja stars, you wouldn't even have to really worry about a, a lot of enemies bothering you, because you would throw a ninja star in front of you, and then a ninja star above you, and it would, you would say you had two enemies, it would kill both of them. Yeah. Uh, so you really didn't have to uh, worry about that type of thing. Now, to say these levels weren't very easy, uh, weren't very forgiving, let's put it that way, the controls to me were a little clunky. Oh, yeah. as far as delayed when you hit a direction. And you you kind of see that in some games nowadays, too. Uh, especially if, like, playing a Nintendo Switch. The the Bluetooth, in my opinion, has a lot more of a delay than it should. And I think they need to address that. But whatever. <laughs> Let's see. Do you have any other questions about this game? Um... Okay, so Wrath of Black Mana. Talk about about the boss fights a little bit, because you did mention the end boss. Okay, so be good. El Toro is the end boss in Wrath of Black Mana, and in the Japanese version, again, it was like a spaceship or something, and then you had to fight the alien that came out of it. Now, <laughs> the end boss, El Toro, you had to use uh, four different types of abilities on him in a different order. And if you screwed that order up, he healed himself to full health. <laughs> and yeah. the whole time he's sliding back and forth and he's got this kid on him. Looks like he's like, 
you know, just dancing with the kid in front of him. It's really odd because he does nothing else besides slide across the screen. And if he touches you, you pretty much die because it hits. It like takes a lot of uh, life off of you. And he does take up a good part of the screen. Yeah, he's a huge motherfucker. I'm like, why is this guy so huge? <laughs> it's like, what did he do? Like, that's what she said. Is this Shredder right now? I mean, is, are we about to play Ninja Turtles after this? Am I going to become one with the foot? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the game was actually really fun, and boss fights were pretty mediocre. Um, to to put it at the the least, I mean, it's the nicest way to put it. But uh, for what's that? Um... Go ahead. What's that guitar player? What's his name? It's like uh, he wears like a top hat. Like you talking about Slash? Slash. Yeah, that's what. Boss that's what El Toro looks game. like, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's El Toro, but I know there's one guy that looks like he's got a top hat and a white suit on. He looks like Slash. <laughs> there you're fighting. Him. <laughs> and it's like you're fighting him in front of a volcano and stuff. So I don't know if it's El Toro or not. Hmm. But it was pretty funny. I remember that um, picture. I just I found a picture on it on Google just now. He's googling, and it looked. It just looks like a. Oh, you talking about the voodoo guy? Voodoo daddy. That was yeah, was. yeah. That's yeah. the guy in the white suit with the staff. Yeah, he's got a staff, mm-hmm. but he's got that top hat. Yeah, he, kinda, he replaced the way his hair. Is. Yeah, he replaced the uh, the electricity guy. That was in the Japanese yeah. version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a picture. That's what they're showing as a comparison, like what the dip boss looked like. The, the electricity guy compared to Voodoo Daddy. <laughs> the Voodoo Daddy looks like Slash. So there you go. Right. Or wow. Slash looks like Voodoo Daddy. I don't know. <laughs> and the guy that El Toro at the end, like you're talking about, is holding the kid. That is creepy. It is very so creepy. Creepy. Now he has hair before you hit him with the lightning strike. And it burns his fucking hair off. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in the game. Now, I will say this. He does shoot a little fireball at you. Um, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the jaundice uh, dude in uh, uh, Sin City. Uh, that's who it looks like to me, the, you know, the end boss, El Toro. It's pretty crazy. Wrath of the Black Manta. Yeah, this game is it's very challenging. I did play it on my YouTube channel, live streamed it one day, and I beat it. And I did not use genie codes. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, but, oh my bad. Uh, <laughs> I just happened to the, the, my ki- I rescued a kidnapped kid, and he's like, hey, if you go behind that door and duck behind that box, you'll get the invincibility mm-hmm. uh, potion. So that, that must be I what found happened. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the kidnapped kid told me about it. I found it. Invincibility potion that defeated the game. It was a pretty good thing I found it because it's really hard, guys. Not, not even joking. If you beat this game without using cheats, you're awesome. Oh, thank you, and Zach. You did do it. Thank you. According to you, you did it. So I'm really glad that you had the benefit of the doubt. I did do it. Um. Do you remember you what order you had to use uh, the special abilities? Mm-mm. I don't either. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, let's see. I might find it here. 
We'll see what the the, the order is. Wrath of a Black Manta. <coughs> Final boss order. Here we go. I know We're it's lightning first. As far as I remember, because I always did that first and it zapped his hair off. Alright, so what you do is you do lightning. You do firebomb. Then you do fire ring. Then you do spider. And then you do the two missiles. Hmm. And spider is the one where you go in the block and go under him, right? Yes. You come up and hit him. Yeah. Then that's the four. You got to do. You got to do lightning first. Yeah, lightning first. If you don't do lightning first, you'll end up healing him over and over. Mm -hmm. and so that's what made that final boss so hard. And plus, he's really big. He takes up a lot of the screen and he slides back and forth. And it's hard to not get hit. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. Did you ever fight the final boss in um, Ninja Got In? Or not the final, final boss, but, you know, the the grape guy. I call him the grape guy. His name is Jacqui. Yeah. <laughs> Jacqui, yeah. Jacqui. I fought all of them. Yeah. I beat the game. That's, it kind of reminds me of Jacqui, uh, but mm -hmm. Jacqui was a lot harder, I, I would say, in my opinion. Oh, Ninja got in. Yeah. Tough, tough game. But that Wrath of the Black Man is really cool. I, I recommend anybody checking that out. If you like to play retro games. Yes, very nice game. Wrath of it's a really, it's really fun. It's unique. The graphics on it are really nice. Honestly, the music was actually good. good too. The soundtrack, they did a really good job. I'm not sure why they changed it from Ninja Kipe Saizo's music, but uh, they did a really good job with it. I think uh, the level designs got changed. I mean, there was pretty much they just changed it to a new game, which didn't make any sense uh, because right. usually they'll just port over the exact version, but. Apparently it was just too hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like we're we're missing a whole stage with one with a whole boss. Um, you know, and there's tons of things. You don't dummy it down for us. Let us play the hard shit. Otherwise, we're just gonna you know coast through life. Maybe a problem where some <laughs> of these kids are running into. <laughs> Dang. Well, I just okay. I clicked on a picture of the cover, right? Uh, the art yes. of the box. I have to read the back of it. Because it's pretty awesome. Read it. For every crime, there is punishment. For every vice, there is vengeance. Big, ap big apple crime. Big apple? It's rotten to the core. Now, <laughs> there's only one way to keep the peace. The way of the ninja. <laughs> wow. In <laughs> what? Introducing the deadliest fighting skills <laughs> the game world has ever seen. <laughs> Ten awesome powers, including Art of Invisibility, disappear and become invulnerable to attack. Art of Fire Ring, incinerate enemies caught in your deadly ring of fire. Art of Teleportation, freeze time to reposition yourself and surprise attackers. Surprise, mother... <laughs> it's made by Taito. Taito. Or Taito, I don't know. I think it's Taito. Taito. And that's pretty funny that... It's, no, the game world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. Most awesome powers. But yeah, it's pretty cool. <clears throat> One thing I noticed here on uh, the notes and stuff is 
It says, when Ninja Cop Saizo was localized for North America and Europe, all the game's cutscenes were replaced with more realistic drawings. Yeah. It says, it has been discovered that one of these particular cutscene drawings was copied from How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way by Stan Lee <laughs> and John Buscema. The image in question was the face of an evil-looking man with a mustache, and it is notably featured when interrogating an enemy in the first level. Yeah, he looks like uh, fucking yes. Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got the. Uh, I'm reading. I've seen his picture. It's on the screen. He's saying our spies obtain top secret information on each country's <laughs> weak points. And there's somebody did like a black and white sketch of him. I'll always let you guys see this in Discord. <laughs> it's pretty funny. What kills me is the kids that they draw uh, that they drew. Uh, didn't look like kids. They look like fucking adults. <laughs> wow! But literally, here let me let me post this one. Um, it's really crazy. Try this one on for size. This looks like an adult. It does not look like a child. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. It looks like he's putting on a jacket. Yeah, it's like if he's gonna go out for the day. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Black Man. If I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta go pick up some milk. Old lady's got me this list of shit to do. No. <laughs> now I've got that picture, the actual <laughs> game picture um, of that one you're talking about. Yeah. Without the sketch. Yeah, that's just a sketch, yeah. and that one's yeah, that's the that's one. him right there. Yeah. I will definitely try my best to link these for you guys in the uh, podcast notes below. So try to go down there and check those links. Let me know. If I didn't do that, I'll add. And there was two different box arts for this game. Uh, one actually featured uh, the black mana without a f um, mask on and a dragon behind him. And then the other mm. one was just a red box. But I think this uh, might have been some kind of custom work. or No, it was the European version uh, with, the mm. other, with the dragon on it. But the one that we got in North America had... The uh, ninja on it, and then a uh, shadow, and then just Wrath of Black Man on the actual box. I think I would have preferred the other one from Europe. Yeah. Is that the one that had the dragon on it? Mm hmm. Now, Ninja Cop Saizo had um, some other cool artwork on it, but of course, you know, they didn't keep that. At right. all, um, the Ninja Cop artwork was a lot better than Wrath of Black Mana artwork, in my opinion, because they just tried to do too much realism with the Wrath of Black Mana. Yeah. So I may have tried to hunt this um, Ninja Cop Zyso game down um, and see if I can find some way to play it. Oh, I'm sure you've got to be able to play that. Yeah, definitely. So, we'll go from there. That'd be a fun one to put on the channel. Right, of course. That'd be great. Uh, we're supposed to have a uh, get-together at some point. So, maybe this there summer we'll have a live stream of some gaming. If we can uh, work that out somehow. Oh, we shall. We'll definitely talk about that. Uh, we we'll definitely need to schedule that. All right, well, guys, you feel like we've uh, comfortably wrapped up Wrath of the Black Manor? I think we have. If you have any questions about uh, Wrath of the Black Manor or how to play this game, um, just go buy it and play it. 
<laughs> hey, questions, experience it for yourself and leave us alone. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> at least try it first. It's like mash the freaking buttons and learn to play it like we did for crying out loud. That's Come on, correct. Guys. Hey, yeah, if you wanted internet back then, guess what? You didn't have any. You go talk to your friends, ask them what they've experienced. You you work through problem solving together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, insanity. Especially when you're playing your like communication Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana. All of those games. Yeah. Unless you wanted to pay $30 for a book to walk you through it. Yep. And then and I'm talking about these magazines back in the day. They were freaking shrink wrapped. You couldn't just open them and read them. You opened it, you got, you had to pay for it. Yep. Unless, you know, I, I, unless you wanted to get like a subscription to Nintendo Power or something like that. Even Nintendo Power didn't have really good walkthroughs in them. Right. They did feature certain games each month, but if it wasn't a game you were playing, it didn't really matter. <laughs> it was kind of pointless if you were playing Wrath of Black Lana to go buy the magazine that had uh, the Barbie's uh, Dream World, Barbie's Dream World, or you know, <laughs> something Operation Wolf or something like that. Ooh, Operation Wolf. There's really no walkthrough for that. Kill the fucking enemies <laughs> and don't get shot. <laughs> That's the walkthrough. <laughs> Or uh, or Contra or something like that. Oh, Contra, same thing. Run to the side, shoot things. <laughs> okay, I, I think um, we are done with Wrath of Black Mana, boys. All right. Well, guys, stay tuned after for this break. I'm going to play the soundtrack spotlight for today's episode, and we're going to do it on this game, Wrath of the Black Mana. It's going to be fun. And you'll get to hear a lot of the tracks from this game because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a lot of tracks for you. <laughs> and maybe give you a little information. We'll see. Hopefully I'll find some. Alright, well we'll see you right after this soundtrack spotlight and we'll be talking about Fallout 76. Scott will be bringing us all that juicy goodness. Expo. See you soon. What's up gaming soundtrack aficionados? Welcome to this episode's edition of Horton Brothers Grimm, a soundtrack spotlight. Brought to you by the Horton Brothers Grimm Season 1 commemorative t-shirt. Click the link in the podcast description to buy yours today. Wrath of the Black Mana is a game that we Horton Bros really enjoyed and played hours upon hours of back in the day. Luckily, Wrath's soundtrack was enjoyable enough to motivate us to keep gaming even after several humiliating defeats to this tough game. Information about this soundtrack has been hard to come by, but I was able to find out the name of the composer, Yoki Shinjuku. Through much Google searching, I was only able to confirm that Shinjuku composed the Japanese version of Wrath, but I'm still going to give him credit for the US version because there is no other information I could find. If you know any more information about this soundtrack, please message us at hortonbrothersgrim at gmail.com. Anywho... Let's get to the awesome tracks. The first one I will play for you is titled Title Screen. Here it comes. This next track is my personal favorite from the game, titled Cutscene. Let's cut to it now.
The final track I will share is titled Inner Rooms, and it's played when you enter rooms to save kidnapped children. There you have it, soundtrack aficionados. That is just a small sample of the seven total tracks for Wrath of the Black Mana. If you want to hear the rest of the tracks, please click the link down in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to buy a HBG Season 1 t-shirt, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's show. And welcome back, gamers. Hope you enjoyed that soundtrack. Spotlight, I hope it was really well done. So, future Chris, hope you did a good job on that. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. Yes, go ahead. April Fools. He didn't have a question. He fooled me. (laughs) All right, so, Scott, we're talking about Fallout 76. So, I can feel it in your voices that both of you aren't as enthusiastic about this game as we once was. Yeah, man, this... This game, as much as I wanted it to be great, as much as I wanted to enjoy this game, I don't know, man. I mean, just the whole gaming community, there's probably just a handful of people that actually like this game and continue to play it. But I don't know. Anyway, we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, Of course, everybody knows Bethesda Game Studios was the developer. Bethesda Softworks is the publisher. I like Bethesda came, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they they have a good one every once in a while. I mean, it released on November the 14th, 2018 for the Xbox, PlayStation 4, Microsoft Windows, and various whatever X-Bone. whatever other platforms it was on, okay? PC Master Race. So, uh, the interesting thing about this game was that Fallout 76 is a prequel, okay? This was the Vault 76 was, according to game lore, the first vault to open. So you guys, as your your character, you as the player, you were supposed to be going back out into the world to repopulate, to rebuild, to bring humankind back from the brink of extinction after the nuclear apocalypse, right? Nuclear now, this game, the other thing that made it unique in the Fallout series was that this was the first MMO. It was the first multiplayer game in the series, okay? It was an open-world game. It was an MMO. It was a survival game. You had to gather materials. You had to build weapons. You had to build armor. You had to, you know, at some point find a way to build a home, a base, all of those things were, I don't know, great on paper. I guess the yeah, you know the the build mecha- the building mechanic. Of course, they tried that out in Fallout Four. And I don't I don't know about the the other Fallout games, the other first person shooter Fallout games. I don't know if they had building in those or not. Did they, Chris? I'm not sure. 
You don't know? Okay. So I thought you, because I thought you were a big Fallout fan. I thought you played most of the others. I did, but I just don't know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it was a game of exploration and survival where hunger and thirst, along with disease and radiation poisoning, influenced the way the Vault Dweller plays the game, right? Yes. So all of those elements were incorporated into the other versions of Fallout, right? So anyway... Like I said before, on paper, this game looked like it would be fantastic. And yes, yeah, so I may. Uh, we did talk about this game on one of season one's episodes. I actually don't want to talk about it um, mm-hmm. for a future game. And of course, we're not talking about it during the current game because I know you got you're definitely bringing this game up because you didn't think it met expectations. Right, and it it definitely did not turn out as uh, it didn't turn out the way we thought it would. I mean, when they were when they were announcing it, when they were hyping it, when they were talking about it, this game was getting a lot of publicity. I mean, people were were super excited about. It. Well, I was a lot of the gaming community was super excited. I was about excited it. I mean, about it because I'd never played a Fallout game ever. Yeah, I was like, yeah. finally, you know, a Fallout game that I can play with other people, um, right. and maybe like this game. But when it has, you know, all these problems, which number one, um, ten thousand robots just spawn in one area and crash uh, the <laughs> surfer, <laughs> and it kicks you out of the game, <clears throat> or you can't pick something up, or uh, mm-hmm. shit just. Uh, you know, manifest out of thin air in front of you when you're running right. and then they kill you instantly. Um, I'm like, it's, yeah. So I actually haven't played it since, uh, yeah. I don't know when. It's a, long, it's a long time ago since I played it. Yeah. So I, I might have put, all told, I might have put six hours, eight hours into playing this game, if that. I bet you put more than that, but you, it, it it felt like I mean, as far as actual gameplay, right. yes, six hours because yeah, otherwise saying, you spent actually. more time loading the fucking game. Yeah, trying right. to get in your players' party or trying to get on the same damn map as them. That yeah. was all the time you spent doing. Yeah, and see the you know the game. The game's caught a lot of flack from the gaming community. It's got a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are just completely disappointed by this game. I mean, it, you know, there, and it had definitely hasn't lived up, like I said, like we said, you know, it hasn't lived up to the, hadn't lived up, lived up to the hype or the publicity that it got. I mean, it was announced in May of 2018, right? So, interestingly enough, when it was announced that the game would be a multiplayer and online, a petition was created by fans of the series to include a single-player mode. I mean, the, it picked up thousands of signatures in one day. That's crazy. Okay. I mean, these are people that really wanted to have a mode where they didn't have to interact with other players. Well, you technically I mean, yeah. don't have to. Right, well, you don't. You can play the game solo, but there are aspects of the game where if you have friends in your party and you can go in as a group then it makes it a lot easier to do 
But at the same think, time, you know, it you could do it on your own, but it's a fuck of a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think what a lot of people were concerned about was that the Fallout game, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 4, mm-hmm. were all single-player stories. And yeah. you had a lot of NPCs to talk to and so many little different storylines that take you down this way or that way. And a lot of decisions to make, too, that could affect the game. Right. So... When you go online like this, I think a lot of people were hoping that the interaction would be there, but also you could interact with it on your own. Yeah. Offline. Well, and it, in the game's defense, like I was talking about earlier, this game is a prequel. You are among the first group of people to emerge from the vaults to be able to go back out into the world after the nuclear apocalypse. Okay. All the other human beings on the planet were vaporized, right? Or turned into mutants. Mm-hmm. Or turned into mutants. And, Which I think is a great idea. Yeah. And then, you know, you, as one of the the first vault dwellers to come out of the vault, you were tasked with the job of rebuilding the area, rebuilding the towns, rebuilding the cities. And you were responsible for creating all of the the places that players in Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 3, and Fallout 4 were to interact with in the future. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think I think it was unfair that they caught that this game caught so much flack over that particular well, Yeah, aspect. I'm not worried about the story part of it. I'm worried about yeah. the actual gameplay. Well, so. I think they could have done what I thought it was going to be, I'll say it like this, is that when, yes, we're the first ones out of the vault, okay, so what are you going to do? You're going to establish communities. You're going to right. establish, you know, you're going to set up somewhere. So it could. I thought it could be like Ark where you're, you're online and you build your, we could all come to, okay, this is our area. We're building a town on it right here mm-hmm. in this server. Mm-hmm. And we're going to create things like that. And maybe we can, you know, procreate, maybe, you know, go Something like that. Yeah. It would be more of a community based and the online thing would have made more sense. Right. With that. But then it's not like that. No, it's definitely not. It's every man every man for every man or woman for their self in this game pretty for the most part, unless of course, you know, like you you you, you have your friends, your group of friends that you play with, but even still, the group of friends you play with, you could actually feasibly play against them. And so there's really no there's no sense of community, no sense of, of coming together to recreate and rebuild, you know? I mean, the game didn't get good reviews at all. I mean, it got mixed or average reviews on PC, PC and PlayStation 4 and generally unfavorable reviews on Xbox One, okay? The volume of negative reviews for this game led Forbes magazine to describe the launch of the game as historically bad. Now, when Forbes magazine <laughs> says that a game launch is historically bad, there's something wrong, all right? I mean, Forbes even went as far as to wonder if Bethesda would consider the game worth saving in the future, all right? Right. I doubt it. Mag- probably, yeah. They probably yeah. started um, developing a Fallout for their 
uh, yeah. previous fan base or you know their current fan base before the game. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would I would think we would see a, another Fallout. Of course, you, so I know somebody that won't be playing it. Um, if there <laughs> were a camera on right now, you could see thumbs pointed right at me. Uh, <laughs> this guy would not be playing any other Fallout ever again. Well, yeah. that, I think you, if you like a good single player experience, the other Fallout games are awesome. They're they're really mm-hmm. good storylines and you got a lot of there's so many things to do there's so many well it's i'm really, going to test game. that theory with the what's that game metro something um metro exodus yeah at metro exodus i did get that game when i bought a graphics card uh, oh nice so i will be trying that out but if that doesn't impress me then i would say that um any type of game like that i will probably not be playing yeah well, see, there was another publication. It was called The Guardian, and they called this game a pointless walk in the post-apocalypse with half-baked conflict and witless quests to unearth the dead. Eurogamer described the game as a bizarre, boring, broken mess. I mean, this game has seriously... I mean, people, people seriously hate this game, man. I mean, it's criticized for the complete absence of human NPCs, okay? Well, I'm Game not worried sp- about the NPCs personally because you have the robots uh, mm-hmm. uh, for, like, selling things and stuff like that. And most likely the reason there's not a lot of human NPCs is because you literally are the first ones out back into the <laughs> environment. Right, so. and see, that was, you know, that was, that was my defense for that particular aspect of this game. And I you also got to look at your what you could build a community. Yeah, isn't right. it like North Carolina, South Carolina, um Appalachia, Appalachia whatever that is. I mean, you know, you know. Virginia, Virginia, I think. Yeah. I think know. about it if you set up a base and you could build like little like tower guard towers and yeah. like have guards and stuff to well, you get other players that are online could come up to it and maybe try to become your friends or allies or you just kill them. You know, think that would be really, that makes it more. It makes more sense with this game if they yeah. could have done that. There, it does have the PvP element to it when you go to uh, certain places, um, yeah. or you can shoot each other if you're not grouped anyway. Um, right. But if you do like a workshop and you try to take over that, as soon as you start taking over the workshop, you become vulnerable to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and see the, you know, GameSpot. GameSpot said that without having any of those people present to tell stories personally, Fallout 76's world is limited to being little more than just an environmental exhibit with things to kill. And there are no strong emotional anchors to help you become truly invested. And that's true because there weren't any, you know, there's no human characters to, to interact with at all. And you can't, the robots that you deal with, they're not really talking to you. I mean, they're talking at you. They're telling you what you need to go do. It's like, okay, you need to go gather up so many pieces of this animal's poop. Or you need to go find and kill so many other of our glitching robots. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just kind of kind of missed the mark in the storytelling you know, area of, of what, what Fallout games are famous for. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. 
I agree I mean, with that. And then there, you know, of course, on top of all that, there were, you know, numerous glitches and bugs. Uh, the glitches caused unexpected crashes and other problems like Zach was talking about, you know, 50 or 70, 50 or 1,000 robots spawning in all at once and crashing the place. I mean, Bethesda tried to fix it. They, you know, they released patches to try to fix it. But it seems like, you know, the patches that they released, they just, they created as many problems as they fixed. You know what I mean? I mean, which is yeah. common for them. Right. Um, right. And then, but when you know, you're doing an MMO, you don't really want that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to have to be patching it all the freaking time. You want to have everything up and running where the player base can actually play the game, you know? Exactly. And yeah, that's why they messed up. They did their typical half halfway testing the stuff mm-hmm. on a yeah. game that you really don't that that really isn't something that's going to fit because it's going to scare away your customers right i just right. hope uh that by the time doom eternal comes out that they don't fuck it up so let's cross our fingers <laughs> yeah and see the the one another interesting thing about this game is how many people have been banned I mean, there were people that were banned for using, you know, just l- let's take a step back, all right? Fallout, take Fallout 4, for instance, Fallout 3. Those two games were he- heavily modded. The The modding community, the gaming community, the people who were playing these games, they developed these mods to improve the visual quality of the game to improve the the quality of life as far as like take with fallout 4 you know you're building your bases you're you're able to like with some of the mods you're able to to get rid of ground clutter where you can't actually do that in the the straight vanilla game you know what i mean you can't really really get rid of the ground clutter when you're trying to build your areas and it all looks i don't know kind of haphazard but with some of the mods you were able to you know, when you build something, it gets rid of the the weeds or the the small pile of rocks or of you know whatever happens floor. to be right <laughs> instead of letting it stick through your floor. And so, you know, those things they 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 banned the modders. They they banned a lot of guys, a lot of players for exploiting glitches. You know, that, that they were able to figure out how to use these glitches to duplicate their items, you know, like duplicate the number of weapons they had. The most notable reason that players were banned is because they were able to, through some way or another, I'm assuming they messed with the code somehow, or they figured out by looking at the code how to get there, but they, they got into the game developer's room, the testing room, which was where you could find all the pieces of armor, all the weapons, you know, everything in the game. You can get it, find it, use it, play with it. You couldn't actually bring it into the actual game. You couldn't bring it into the servers, but they could get into the developer's testing areas and it gave access to, you know, the stuff that they were going to be putting out in the newest, the next update or um, something that they weren't ready to release yet or a piece of rare loot that was supposed to be found in a cave somewhere, you know. And so they banned these people for finding that area instead of just saying, whoops, sorry, we're just going to take that out now. And it pissed a lot of people off. I mean, and these people that found it 
We're just, you know, your average Joe modders that have been playing these games for years. I mean, they were only using the mods to fix graphical issues or quality of life issues, like I said. And so, you know, they said that these gamers, they, they were like, you know, well, that's not really fair. Why did I, why, why did you ban me? We didn't use these mods to get, you know, unfair advantages over other players. We weren't, you know, going out and murdering people with high powered super weapons that we just, you know, clicked on a button and picked up. I mean, Except you know, there was one time I was on there. Somebody had, uh, did something. They were doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And because they could just kill us instantly all over the map, no matter where we were. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, maybe they was killing the hell out of us. We had to switch maps. Yeah, yep. it was very annoying. But you know, people do that sometimes. Yeah, that and, happened on Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy shit, man. And so you you remember the uproar from uh, the people who ordered the special editions of this game? You know that yes. it was supposed to come with the with the helmet and the the nice canvas bag. It wasn't supposed the, to come with a canvas bag. They just uh, assumed it would, and that's how they got upset about that. So. No, it, it, no, they it, did it advertised. That, it said advertised it was supposed to come with a canvas bag. Are you 100% yes. sure? Canvas, yes. it showed the picture in the special edition, what was included. It was supposed to be a nice canvas bag, a helmet from one of the suits of armor, um, and some other odd assorted things. I think there was like a Fallout Boy statue that they were supposed to have. And Well, it looks like they fixed know. that problem by shipping them a bag, the people that bought it. That edition. Did they actually give them the canvas bag, or was it it the plastic bag? It says it was canvas. Well, anyway, the bag that came with the with the special editions that initially went out was the cheap pleather plastic type material, and and lots of folks were pissed about that. And then, of course, they had the uh, the Nuka Cola Black that they were selling, and and it was just. From what I understand, I didn't try one of them, but from what I understand, it was it was pretty much undrinkable. It was just disgusting. <laughs> I said, well, "I gotta try this. I gotta order one. <laughs> I gotta see how bad it is. Yeah. It's gonna happen." Hey guys, I'll give I'm you an update next time. Drink this from a video game. <laughs> nice. He's gonna order a drink, and it's gonna be bottled cow piss or something. Murr, I'm gonna be moving. <laughs> Okay, now my impressions of this game. Just, I, I played it. I wasn't impressed with it. It was fun for a while, but only when I was playing with you guys. Um, it is definitely a lonely game without interaction, without without the other players. I mean, because the game world itself is huge, very. Okay? It's humongous, and you could. Feasibly, if you if you walked from one side of the map to the other, you could do that without running into running into another soul. Okay, and which you know sometimes wasn't bad because I don't mind playing games by myself. I like the you know the solo solo playing sometimes. But then there's other times where you want to go into one of the areas, one of the buildings, and you want to clear out clear out all the mobs, and you need somebody with you to help. You know, and if your friends aren't online, then you're just like screwed because you you can't really do it because, you know, it takes a lot of takes a lot of ammo (laughs) to go through those (laughs) things because those those damn, you know, the mutants, they 
they just come pouring out of the woodwork sometimes and you know it only you, you can only hack so many of them with a with a pipe wrench very true <laughs> i mean I, I liked the combat mechanics the weapons were actually a lot of the guns were surprisingly accurate I mean, some of them were off because they were just, you know, supposedly cobbled together things. And what what interests me about that, okay, we we were supposedly, you know, the player is supposedly some of the first people to come out of the vault, right? So all these cobbled together pipe guns, who made that? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, who made these? Who who made these weapons? Who who built them? I mean, did, was it the slow mutants that did it? No. It had to have been somebody out there didn't, that didn't go into the vaults. Right. But, you know, and but they who, all died, I guess. Who who built these guns? Why, why are we finding them? Why are we able to pick up these pipe guns and they actually shoot bullets? I mean, I, I you know, I don't know. These are questions that you ask, right? So, I, like I said, I enjoyed the way, I enjoyed the combat, the monsters, some of those things were really cool to fight. I, I really, what's that? What was, I can't remember all of what they were, what the names of them were, but I mean, they, the big one that looked like a freaking dragon, you know what I'm talking about? The one that flew. Yes. I, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what the name I of it is. I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, that one was pretty cool. And then there was the, the, the beast. Anyway, it looked like it, it sort of was a cross between a T-Rex and the the female queen alien from, uh, you know, the movie Aliens. That one was pretty badass. But anyway, you know, a lot of that stuff was pretty cool. I mean, I wouldn't say the game isn't worth playing, but I would say that if you, if you don't have friends to hang out with and play this game, it's definitely... A headache. Um, it's tedious. They, they were called Scorch Beasts, the fly. They, yeah, there you go. Scorch Beasts. Well, you know. Mutants and mm-hmm. your typical things. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, it was... It was okay. You know, I'd, I'd give it a... Maybe a three out of five. Hmm. It's pretty generous. It's actually a pretty nice rating compared to what you've been saying. So compared to a lot of folks' ratings, yes, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree. But I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be polite. I mean, they actually did try to put out a game that was, you know, worth. They have playing. updated it recently with a new expansion type of thing. Oh yeah. Yes, they did. So, I haven't played it in quite a while. Not I played it maybe a month after I bought it, and then I was just like, you know what. I got other things to do. <laughs> it's called Wild Appalachia. Oh, cool. And um, it came out a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Now, was that something that uh, owners of the game had to pay extra money for? or No. That was a free update, huh? Yeah, it's a free update. Okay. Uh, well, it's supposed to be released, uh, fully released uh, by May. So right. March, April, and May, they're rolling it out. Okay. Well, maybe that'll, you know, maybe it'll fix some of the problems and put some stuff in the game that's worth messing with, you know? Yeah, put a new, it's got a survival mode on it now. Mm hmm. Um, you can brew and distill. Uh, you can make, you know, 
beverages and whatnot. No, it's got, cool. it's got a bunch of new quests and things it's added. So um, they are figuring out some different things. You can decorate your camp now. Oh. So maybe they, they'll get to that point where it feels more community. Like you can build a community like it's uh, what that's what you're. The what the blah, 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 where's based at with the time frame is you should be building communities and trying to build everything back up. So yeah. an MMO like that would be perfect to do that. Just like Ark. Come on. It's been yep. done. Yep, that would be cool. But um yeah, so you know, that's my take on Fallout seventy six. If uh, you guys have anything to add or any questions. I don't. I'm I'm pretty satisfied with everything that you talked about and for what I've added. What about you, Zach? What do you think? Zach, you snoring? All right, Zach might be asleep, everybody. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap up the segment and then we'll try to wake him up. I'm and not we'll... asleep, guys. I'm just chilling. <laughs> oh, wait. There he is. Okay. There he comes. But he has nothing to add. I was reading something. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Fallout 76. That's that's the current state of it. It's in shambles. Yeah, it's probably not going to grow, honestly. Just as much hate as it's received. I think it's going to be a game that dies eventually. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look... the, The future doesn't look bright for Fallout 76. Would you say it was grim? I'd say it was pretty uh-huh. grim. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would definitely uh, like to see some better changes to that game, but I don't think it's going to happen. It's just too much work uh, for Bethesda to go into. I'm. I'm assuming. And that is indeed true. I believe you're right. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up here, and we'll go to our little break. And after this break. We're going to talk about a game called The Sinking City that's coming out June 27th, not March 21st. No, it's it's coming out March 21st. Next year. (laughs) They'll probably get pushed again. Who knows? Hopefully. Maybe it won't be December 31st. Shut up. If they did, they could get Zach's uh, money. Fuck (laughs) off. All right, well, we'll see you after the break. We'll talk about Sinking City. Hello HBG listeners, this is Chris, and I'm here to briefly tell you about some places you can find our podcast that you may not have thought of. Now, of course you're listening to us right now on your favorite provider, but if you want to change providers, I want you to know where you can find us. So, first off, you can find us at HortonBrothersGrim.com, which will take you straight to our Podbean webpage that will update our episodes as soon as they're released, so check that out. Save it on your bookmarks and all that good stuff so you can listen to it on your desktop. That would be great. Of course, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and most other places you can find a podcast. Usually, you can download one of those apps that lets you search for podcasts everywhere, and you'll find us there, Horton Brothers Grimm. So make sure you're listening to us in your favorite place so you can access us anywhere and with ease. All right, and I also want to encourage you to check out our YouTube channel, where you can find past episodes of all of our podcasts and 
special videos of us three knuckleheads playing some games together, having a good time, or you can also see us do some solo live streams. So please go and subscribe and click that notification bell so you'll be notified when Horton Brothers Grimm's live on our YouTube channel. And I just want to encourage you to check out one of the videos there because it's my favorite. It is a speed run race between Zach and Zach. If you remember, our stepbrother Zach joined us for an episode 7 of season 1. He will be joining us again soon, so we'll see you soon, Zach. And then, of course, Zach from Horton Brothers Grimm. They race in Mega Man X, and it is so fun. They see who can make it the furthest in one hour. So check that video out. It's really fun. I'll link it right down in the description of this podcast. So please click it, give it a like, give it a watch. I think you'll enjoy. All right, well, that's all from me for now. I'll quit rambling, and we're going to get back to our existential nonsense. All right, gamers, welcome back to... The show, we're on our third segment, The Future Game. And this game I chose is called The Sinking City. Uh, it releases on June 27th, 2019, as we spoke earlier. It was supposed to release on March 21st, 2019, but they did delay it because they wanted to move it to a less saturated release date. Releases, uh, release dates. Like, uh, I can't say that. A less saturated release date. Basically, they want to release their game when fewer games were being released to so give it give it more attention. Mm-hmm. Sort of um, like when they move uh, movies that have a questionable, um, whether they they question whether or not it'll do well against certain things that are you know being launched at that time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Um. And this uh, will be releasing on the PC, on the PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. The developer of this game is called Frogwares. The publisher is Big Ben Interactive. It is built on the Unreal Engine 4. And it is a single-player, third-person view game. Uh, Here's a little bit about Frogwares games. Now, if you don't know much about them... They are an independent Ukrainian video game development studio. And they're headquartered in Kyiv... No, it's Kiev. Kiev. <laughs> Kniv, I don't know. And the subsidiary offices are in Dublin. Um, together with the subsidiaries, the subsidiaries, subsidiaries <laughs> the studio the has developed guys. numerous adventure games for major gaming platforms, including PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows, Steam, as well as PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, Wii, and mobile games. Jesus. They do a lot of stuff. <coughs> um, the reason I bring this up, because I hadn't really ever heard of Frogwares, uh, or I haven't really paid attention to them, um, their best-known series of games is The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which they've sold about 7 million copies worldwide since about 2003 or 2004, I think, is when they started making those. Oh, wow. So they've been around a decent amount of time. Uh, and this is their first open world game, the one we're talking about now, called The Sinking City. Hmm. And it is an investigation type of game. So you're going to be doing, uh, you're a detective, private eye, that you're going to investigate things that are happening in The Sinking City. And it's inspired by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. So there you go. It's oh, an H.P. Cool. Lovecraft universe. Oh, cause so there's a good chance you might run into Cthulhu. Who, who, That's right. Whatever his C- name was. C- Zach. Cthulhu. Who, He's who. a demon. Cthulhu. <laughs> Cthulhu. Um, game we talked about before on a podcast. And, and I owned, but I still haven't played it. 
Hasn't played it. He was excited about it, but he hasn't played it yet. Well, I don't have time to sit mm-hmm. down and just play it. <laughs> I want to be able to enjoy the game when I start that thing. Because you so wake up in a, a cave. Here's a little, pretty cool. You wake up in a cave. Mm-hmm. A demon we wake cave. up in a cave, and you're going to... You wake up in the cave, you're going to listen to me give a game summary. It's a very weird opening. <laughs> the Cave of Wonders. Um, the Sinking City is... Uh, it's in Cave of Wonders. Uh-huh. <laughs> what I mentioned before, it's an action slash investigation game. And it's in an open world inspired by the universe of H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, in this adventure, you take on the role of Charles W. Reed. He's an investigator in the 1920s United States. Hmm. Um, and he's going to a town called Oakmont. Oakmont, and, uh, Oakmont Massachusetts. And as soon as you arrive, of course, there is a mysterious flood that's inundating the city, taking over. Um, so I've, in the gameplay footage, you're riding around in a boat sometimes and to get to different places in the game. And he also wants to help shed the light on what's going on there to, to remove the darkness that has seized the place and corrupted the minds of the inhabitants and yours. So he is his mind's kind of messed up, too. Hmm. So it plays like a detective game. Um, it features an open investigation system in which the outcome of the quest will often be defined by how observant the players are when investigating different clues and pieces of evidence. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned, the uh, boat is your main source of travel. Well, so it's kind of cool. like a darker Wind Waker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the gameplay is you're going to, you're in an open world and you're, playing through the eyes of private eye Charles Reed and each quest side quest you must find clues to solve different mysteries um, the detective skills are really emphasizing this game because they you have to really learn how to do this because there's no hand holding there's no straightforward task there's no objectives on the map to follow so it doesn't tell you where to go anything hmm. you have to figure these things out on your own good about so I think it's pretty cool I think it's going to be a pretty cool uh, concept if you love to, if you like to be a detective. Yes, yeah, sounds um, pretty good. The game never tells you how to approach a quest, and uh, it doesn't tell you who to talk to, what to look for, anything. You just have to figure it out. Hmm. Um, all the evidence you collect is organized inside a casebook where you can analyze specific evidence. Detective Charles has an ability called retrocognition. What does that do? This allows him. This allows him to go into a phase where he can see uh, events or things that people have done in that area in the past. Oh, but Schmancy. you have to you have to activate this uh, ability by discovering different things. So you have to look around. It's not like you can just hit a button and it does this. So that'd make the game too easy. You yeah. have to find certain things inside the areas to activate this power for him. Uh, and then, as far as the gameplay footage I saw, I couldn't really tell how that happened. It just talked; they just spoke about it. But they didn't really explain it. They right. didn't want to give it away of what you got to do. So that skill's cool, but you also—it's not just—it's it's not something you just automatically do. Um, you can interact with other characters, NPCs. You can ask questions. Uh, you can talk to cops that have maybe have some information that's useful to you, but they're not very big on cooperating with your character. Because he's new to the town. Charles Reed is a stranger, so the cops really give you a hard time. So you have to earn their trust. 
and you have to convince them to help you. <clears throat> so it's got a, you know good elements for your having to figure out the motivations of the people you're trying to get information from. Mm. So I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool because it it's really definitely an interesting concept. I think it's a, a new take on this type of game. Actually, sounds like it's a lot more in depth than any of the other games that are similar. Most definitely, I think it's going to separate itself in that way, so, mm-hmm. from what I could tell. Um, there's also something called a mind palace. Now, this is where you go and piece together clues, and you can help uh, figure out each case, right? And it also helps you determine who to accuse. Hmm. The the catches in this game. There are no right or wrong answers. So the stuff you're piecing together inside this mind palace is not always going to be accurate. It's only going to be as accurate as you make it to be because of all the investigation you've done. So if you do a minimal amount of investigation, you may not have all the information. And then when you start piecing together and say, okay, this is what I think happened. This is who I think done it. You could be actually accusing an innocent person. Oh, wow. Um, and you could ruin their life in the game. That's pretty cool. Um, so you might as well save it a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, and from what I watched, uh, the game developers just weren't revealing much about this feature. They just showed it and talked about it for a minute. But they didn't really, and they explained that, yeah, you could mess up somebody's life here. So I thought that was pretty cool. So it's got a lot of different uh, kind of elements I think will make this a true detective type of game. And I'm looking forward to playing it because I think it's going to be a challenge. And I think right. It's gonna, and the, the, uh, the graphics of this game are beautiful. It's, it's really a, a pretty game. And it's, it's a pretty big undertaking from this developer because the, a lot of the games <laughs> they've done in the past are similar. Like Sherlock Holmes is a detective yeah. game, but it's more like pretty straightforward you, you don't mm-hmm. you know don't have a lot of stuff to try to figure out really and you still have a similar feature like the mind palace but it actually wouldn't let you piece together things like say if you want to put two clues together it's like a match game if you put the wrong ones together it's like no that's not right hmm. you know so this game they're like yeah you can put that together find see what happens <laughs> you know it's like uh, i don't know but you you, you go, go ahead go ahead it's okay <laughs> and believe it or not guys that's all i got about this game right now it comes out june 27th like i said been delayed. delayed yeah um i think it sounds really interesting though yeah i don't know if you guys i don't know if you guys remember or not but uh we talked about this game just a little bit we touched on it back when we did that e3 special mm. remember yes. we talked about it a little bit it was one of the games on my top 10 list from from the e3 Announcements yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it looked like it would be, looked like it would be pretty cool. Because at that point, all I had watched was the uh, the game trailer. There really wasn't a whole lot of information about this game. <clears throat> so it seems like they've uh, they've released some more information. So that's mm-hmm. good. They do have a YouTube. Uh, they have a YouTube channel that they have a lot more videos on. I'll link that for you guys down in the podcast description for you. You can go check their channel out. Um, they have a lot of videos that shows a lot of gameplay things. I didn't watch them all because I don't. I, I plan on playing this, so I don't want to see too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have a lot of things. But 
a lot of the stuff I was watching, they're very, they're very, very vague though. They're not giving you a lot. They're yeah. just giving you a taste. Um, and it, it looks really neat. It looks, it's got a lot of supernatural things going on. It's got, it's going to be scary. It's going to have ghosts and stuff. So yeah, it's going yeah. to be pretty neat. Sounds like it'd be pretty cool, man. I, I'm interested. You, you gave me a, a lot, a little more information than what I already had about it. And, you know, I want to try it out at some point, maybe. Oh yeah, I think so. I think you should. It's going to be on Epic Games Store. Sweet. Um, and Steam. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they're exclusive to Epic on this one, but that's where I discovered it was on Epic Games. Yeah. Well, Zach, you got anything to add to this, bro? And he's asleep again, ladies and gentlemen. He has I'm fell not asleep. asleep. There he comes. <laughs> If you're asking me a well, question, what was the question? I was. Oh, uh, you have anything out. to add to this? Uh, Sunken City, I do not. Um, however, I do like you know, like uh, point-click adventure games. Uh, mm-hmm. So most likely, I will play this game at some point uh, after I play uh, Hula Hoop, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, after that's all over with. But Call of Cthulhu, it seems like it's going to be a pretty long game. So I'm looking forward to Sunken City, even though it may be a little while before I'll pick it up and play it. Well, I don't know what this Sunken City game is. It sounds fun, I guess. Sinking uh, City. We just, Sorry. We just, we just, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, you ass. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I just say I would definitely encourage you to go watch the game. Uh, at least just watch the trailer to this game. The trailer is freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. I want to play cool that one, and stuff in it. One game that's coming out, um, where like it's about supernatural shit, and you're shooting stuff with your weird guns and stuff. You remember that one, right? Where you're like walking. It shows the trailer where they walk. He's walking in the woods, and like this big door opens from a tree or some shit. Yeah, it's called Witch something, I think. Yeah, for, yeah, we talked about that game at some point. Yeah. Was it Witchfire? Yeah, was Witchfire, it? yeah. I'm, I'm ready yeah, for Witchfire. that. It'll probably supersede the uh, need to play uh, Sinking City. <laughs> Sinking City. Sounds like Atlantis. It, it's, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not Atlantis. It's a, it's a very creepy uh, setting. I love it. I think it's, it's going to be cool. All right, well, I guess that'll wrap up all of our segments here. I guess we'll go ahead and get the social media stuff out there. I don't know if you guys could tell, but we're kind of tired today. We've all been tired, and we're trying our best. <laughs> so uh, I think it's actually been a good episode considering our, our energy level. Yes. So, Zach, if you want to, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you out there, bro. Well, uh, let's start with YouTube. I find me at uh, Genova Destro on my channel there. Go ahead and make sure you subscribe and uh, hit that bell for notifications. Um, I am on Twitter um, as of right now. I do have an Instagram, but it's my personal Instagram, which, you know, maybe I can give that to you guys at a later date. But for Twitter, it's at Genova Destro. And that's uh-huh. the only social media I have, I think. Do I have any other mm-hmm. ones? I don't think so. There's all his medias of socials. That's right. Oh, Scott, what yeah. about you, my friend? 
Well, I've got some videos up on a channel on YouTube it's called The Games of Death. And on uh, Twitter, I believe it's at, death, at DeathDealer3. And there you go. So, guys, ask them both some questions out there on Twitter. All this information is down in the description, by the way. You can check me out on Bang Bang Potential on YouTube. Bang Bang Potential on Instagram. Bang Bang Potential on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm Bang Bang Potato. Potato. Potato everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, I have another podcast that I do with my good friend Wade. It's called The Disney Tonic. We talk about Disney things. So I would definitely encourage you to go check that out. Leave it a five-star rating, just like you would do this uh, uh, episode, right? Five-star rating for us here, Horton Brothers Grimm. And go check out Disney Tonic. It's a definitely a fun, family-friendly podcast, not like this one. And <laughs> <laughs> But it's still fun. It's a lot more, it's a lot shorter episodes, too. So if it's something you like, if you like Disney, go check it out. The links are down in the description of this podcast. All right, and you also can check us out at Horton Grimm on Twitter and at Horton Grimm on Instagram, which we'll be starting to post things there very soon. And that's it. That's all social media things. So if you guys are ready, this will be the part where we say goodbye, where we can go take a nap. Well, I would say one more thing. If, okay. Um, you know, if if the listeners, if you out there like the uh, the Scott Scorn bits, if you enjoy that, give me, you know, hit us, give us some comments. Tell us, you know, something you would like to hear me, you know, rant about, you know, something I, I might not like that I might have a problem with. Lay it on me, man. I'll check it out and see if I can find a way to do a scorn segment on it. Oh, yes. More Scott scorn, the more Scott scorn, the better, in my opinion. <clears throat> and we'll get Zach to do something. I'm not sure. What. I'll take a nap. Zach snaps. <laughs> You can hear some audio of Zach's naps on exclusively on Instagram. It's probably going to be All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that that was said, I guess this part will be where we say goodbye. <laughs> good night. Or day. Laters. Later. Everybody have a good one. We'll see you next time.